thank you to the three of you for coming. I, was, I would like it, and I, I'm thinking, and I kind of whispered this a little bit to you. We, we had sort of a quick beginning here. But what I'm thinking is I'll ask you a question. I'll pass the mic, and, and we'll get down to the end. So I'm just wondering if the three of you could each just take a moment, share your name with the group, um, how long you have served as a pastor's wife, in, in what areas, you know, different places you've lived, different um, capacities for that. Um, I'm Julie Grinder, and um, I've been married to a pastor for um, 25 years, um, but 17 years in Cardwell, which is Montana, not Caldwell, Idaho. Um, Before that, we were in Turkey for two years, and before that, um, I was here at Montana Bible College, and um, I have four daughters and love it. I'm Ann Ward-Turner, and I was in ministry with my husband for 35 years. And before he passed away, um, I got to start being a pastor's wife. I came in the back door, and I'm thankful I did. Because when I went to Bible college, I said the last thing I ever wanted to be would be a pastor's wife. And so thankfully, Ron and I had 14 years um, at what used to be Montana Institute of the Bible and then Big Sky Bible College So we did that for a while and then left there and went to Helena and ministered there for four years. Then came here to Bozeman and Ron was one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church. And then in 1993, he had an aortic aneurysm and was out of the ministry for a couple of years. And then we went to Manhattan, Manhattan Bible Church, and he finished the last um, 11 years of his life at Manhattan Bible Church. So that, I think, if I counted right, that's 35 years. Okay, I'm Vicki Toffsley. Um, my husband is Arlen, and I think Arlen has spoken here before. Um, I thought of that song, um, how the Lord showed his light on me, and I came out of the darkness, that first song. 1975, I came to know the Lord as my Savior, Arl and I were both lost, involved in many things, but he delivered us. From that time, we went to Bible College, and we went to Montana Institute of the Bible, and that's where we met Anne and Ron. We're all up there together, and Arlen was there three years. In 1980, we came to Manhattan Bible Church until 84, and he was youth pastor there. We were very busy with all the youth work, and then from 84, the Lord called us into full-time ministry at Grace Bible Church in Laurel, where he was, that was his first pastorate. We served there nine years, and we're blessed to see the Lord change many lives there. From there, the Lord led us to the desert. We went to Idaho Falls for seven years, and it was in Mormon land. And it was very dark, but, you know, the Lord, I know he used us there in that time span. In 19, um, let's see, from 93 to 2000, we were there. In 2000, the Lord led us back to Montana because that's where Arlen wanted to serve. And we ended up at Paradise Valley Community Church, and Levi is here. We started there when Levi was about four years old, and, and we've seen the Lord work in his life. We were there 11 years until Arlen had open-heart surgery, and he had to resign and take a break. Came over here to Belgrade and lived, and the Lord led us to Dry Creek Bible Church, where we were discipled when we were first saved. And then the Lord called Arlen to associate part-time pastor with Jim. with Jim, And Jim calls me Mrs. Pastor. So I'm not going to preach for 45 minutes. I'm done. <laughs> Oh, and I got to talk next. Okay. And I, I, I missed a detail. I want to surprise the most all of you who know me. Um, that means I have to walk in front of you. I'm sorry. But um, or maybe I could 
share some things that maybe you or your husband did that really worked and helped get through that, or maybe some things that did not work well? Boy, you know, you think back. When we first went into ministry, we were gung-ho. We knew Jesus, and he had saved us. So we went to the Manhattan Bible Church. The Lord has allowed us to be involved in the college-age high school lives, and we were involved in their lives. We didn't have a lot of privacy then, not a lot of privacy. It kind of affected our marriage at that time, and we had to reevaluate when we went into full-time ministry at Grace. But during that, those times, um, we were always involved and have always been involved in people's lives. But we have to balance it. I think that's the main thing. You have to balance ministry with your private life, your work, and everything. And the Lord is gracious to do that. Do we do it perfect? No, we didn't do it perfect. But in the middle of it, he gave us wisdom, how to raise our kids, how to be involved with the people in the body. And he also gave us good friends at every church we were at. Never had a bunch of them because it's kind of a lonely time during those years. But he gave us good friends. And I remember one good friend at Grace Bible Church, Larry Peterson, was one of our elders. And we were going through struggles because there's going to be struggles. But he said, all the Lord wants you to do is to be faithful. And I remember that for 30-some years. He wants me to be faithful what he gives us and how we are to be used for him. I don't know if my experience being a pastor's wife is normal or not. It's, it's what it was for me. But I just feel like God blessed me with so many friends throughout all of our years of ministry. And um, I praise him for that. I really tried in ministry um, to not just have friends in the church, but I made friends of my neighbors, and I had friends that were outside of the church. So I, had, I felt like a, a good balance of both. Um, I also, um, for the years that we were here in Bozeman, I met with a group of pastor's wives. There were just four of us who met together from different churches and we would just meet once a month for prayer and talking together. And that was a very, I felt like, a, a great thing for all of us because we could just share what was going on in our lives and in our churches without, it wasn't gossipy, but it was just somebody that you could talk to that was somebody neutral and didn't know your church or anybody in your church. And that was a big blessing, I think, that God allowed me to have that. And I think, <clears throat> when I think of friendships... In our church, too, I, I did have good friends within our church body. But when we were in a meeting of the church, I really tried, when, when we were together as a body, to be a friend to everybody. Um, not to go to the friends that were closest to me and just, you know, huddle up with them and talk. But to say, every single person here is important to me, and I want to try to love them and I could have those closer friendships, you know, someplace else. You can go out to coffee with a good friend um, someplace else. But when you're in church and around everybody, to not single out one person. And I, I don't know, that seemed to work for me. So that's kind of my friend experience, I guess. Um, <clears throat> just right up front, these two gals have way, way more uh, wisdom and experience and I'm just going to sit and listen to them because <laughs> I feel like I'm just like a new kid on the block compared to the things that they've been through. And, and I've even had the opportunity of sat under Anne. Um, I was at Grace Bible Church with her and her husband. And, 
Anyway, it's just um, the things that they're saying are, they're very um, helpful. Um, I could probably say the same things. Um, I don't feel like I have a private public life. It's our life. It's, it's just who we are. Um, and yet at times, there are days when I wish I could just be, quote, unquote, normal. <laughs> Because um, we aren't normal. There's, a, there's accountability that's a little more. There's a little more stress. There's a little more... Um, you have to be very flexible. You, have, you just have to love people regardless. Um, you have to be confidential. Um, that limits what you say to who. Um, and I have good friends within our body and I have good friends in our neighborhood, and I have good friends in Bozeman. I mean, you just have friendships. You just have to be wise. And I have learned, and I'm still learning, <laughs> to, um, to be as vulnerable as I can be without being, um, I don't know what the word is. Um, you just have to be wise. You don't, yeah, you really, you really have to be wise. And you have to realize that that's just where God has has me, and um, and I wouldn't want to do anything that would hinder his work in our body. I wouldn't want to do anything that would hinder my husband's ministry. Um, I'm there to help him, and uh, so the friendship thing is is a balance. Like they said, it's a good balance. Um, it can be lonely. Um, my mom, when I was like, I don't know. 13, I think, around that age, she told me, she said, God's going to make, he's working with you so you could be a pastor's wife someday. And I went, what? You know, but I was a lonely, I was lonely. I didn't have the friendships that normally kids have as they grow up. And he was, he was getting me ready for some lonely days. They're a blessing, but friendships that are different in every situation. So a question for you based on something you said, Julie. Um, you said you wouldn't want to get in the way of your husband's ministry. So how do, you, how do you kind of see that as a ministry? Do you see that as a ministry both of you are working on together? Is it something that's his ministry and you're his helper? How does that, yeah. how does that work? Yeah, that, um, William and I, um, we're good friends, no matter. And um, we got to know each other in ministry. And so... Um, we do everything together. We, we parent our kids together. Um, before we were here, he was a teacher. Um, I tried to be involved in his class as much as I could, but we didn't come to full-time ministry going, okay, that's his job, and my job is to do everything at home. Um, we, um, we function together, and um, we accept where it's appropriate, I'm, we're usually doing ministry together, and our family just does it. We don't. I've told my girls this lots of times. This is how we live. This isn't what we do. This is how we live, and they, they're like, okay. <laughs> and um, I, I, in fact, I ask my girls th- these questions. Going, so I wonder if my perspective is just mine or just. I have. We have four: a 21-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 12-year-old, and so. They all gave me some perspective. It was like, yeah, we're, we're a family. We, we do this together. So I don't know. Does that answer your question? That does. Um, did either of the two of you have something to say regarding that? I just I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. 
All right, next question. I imagine the extent to which you could pour yourself into ministries, Bible studies, um, get-togethers, church services, that sort of thing could just go on and on and on. Yet you still, you still have family. You have a marriage and those things. How do you, how do, have you balanced that? What has worked? What ha can you look back and say, I would recommend not doing this? Oh, I could actually go on more dates. <laughs> My, William is sitting in the back row. I just thought I'd say that. <laughs> um, you know, um, some people... I guess in my experience, by the way, our body is, an, is a great body. We have a great body of Christians, and we're so thankful for them. They're so generous to my family. Um, there's great men in the community or in the church that are leaders, and um, we, yeah, we just have a great community of people. But there are some people who just expect the pastor and his family to do the work of the ministry. And because um, that's our job, right? And that's what, we, that's what he gets paid to do. And there's an element of that that's true. But um, we, we serve as a family joyfully. And um, um, yeah, you can, you can too busy. And I, I really hate the word busy. It's just one of those words everybody uses. Um, but if you have established in your relationship with your wife or your husband, um, just those priorities going into it, we have found that that just sets precedence. Um, you have to keep, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are, you have to communicate. It doesn't matter where you are, you have to work through finances. And you, know, and you have to make time to do that. And um, I don't know, our family, it, because we serve together, we're a package deal. You know, like I said, um, we, our family hasn't really felt like um, we've done too much of this or too much of that. Um, maybe you should ask our congregation <laughs> more about that. It's interesting. I mean, we had the questions ahead of time to think about, but it's neat to hear what they have to say that's so similar. And I guess my thought along that line would be very close to Julie's that we <clears throat> really tried early on to say we want to have realistic expectations for our family that even though we're in a ministry and you are very public and there have a lot of people have expectations for you that we have to have our own expectations for our family and realistic expectations that we don't demand that our kids are going to be at every meeting of the church and um that I'm not going to be at every meeting of the church. And <clears throat> so we really tried to, to have a good balance of saying we do need a family time. I'll just share a little story with you. I think it was in 1986, the end of 85 maybe, that <clears throat> Ron came to Bozeman to interview for the job at Grace Bible Church. And as he came and met with um, the search committee and then some um, men who were on the board at that time. Um, one of the men spoke up during that interview, and he said, you know, if you come here to be a pastor, he said, what we would expect of you is that you would give most nights to ministry. And he said, maybe 
you know, we would certainly allow you to have a family night or two a week, but, you know, we really want you to be involved in the work of the ministry. And Ron thought about that for about 30 seconds, and he said, well, if I come, it will be exactly opposite from that. He said, I will work very hard, and I will give a night or maybe two to ministry things, but I am making my family a priority. And he said, if I lose my family, I lose my ministry. But if I pour my life into my kids, I will have double or triple the, what? What's the word I'm looking The, yeah, the effect. Triple the effect. If I, if I raise my kids to love the Lord and serve the Lord and that they love ministry and want to do ministry, then that creates just more ministry um, potential. And so, thankfully, they said, <laughs> I guess they overruled that one man who spoke up because they still asked him to come. And that is what he held to. And I was so proud of him for taking that kind of stand and, and not allowing that to happen, that he was very faithful to, to um, make our family be a priority. And, and what Julie said, too, it wasn't just um, we were in it as a family, and we served together as a family, and many times Ron would include the kids in what he did. Lots of times when... when here, um, when Ron was working here, he would have to go to Doc and Nelson where he set up for his um, adult Sunday school class. So he and Ryan would go in early in the morning to get Doc and Nelson set up for his class, but they'd stop at the donut shop and get a donut and coffee on the way, and they would talk and have father and son time together, and then they'd set up together, and Ryan was learning ministry as he did it with his dad. So he, again, you do it as a family but you still protect that time that you have together. Wow. I think they said it all. Um, maybe I'm going to go a different direction. I know when we've gone, and because we've, we've been in quite a few churches, the Lord has led us to build up churches that were struggling. They would, we'd go to the board, and we, you know, they'd ask us questions. And usually the question is, how many programs are you going to start? What are you going to be involved in? And our answer is, we're not going to start anything until the Lord starts it. And that really helped us to balance out ministry as we went into new bodies or bodies that were struggling. We asked the Lord to raise up the ministry there. And we became part of it, our family, our children. Um, I am involved in ministry. I love to teach God's Word. I never thought I would be able to teach God's Word when I was a young believer. When I first got up and started teaching, I thought, who am I and what am I doing up here? But the Lord showed me my gift. And I love teaching his word to women and then also in ch- in children and also discipling. So I have used that in all the years of my ministry with women and children. And he has blessed. Arl and I balance each other out. That's one thing. He is a perfectionist. And he, you go into his office and he's got his pins. He knows where his pins are at. And if I go in there and take a pin... I'm in trouble. I'm pretty, I'm pretty laid back. I'm, you know, I'm just whatever happens, but we balance each other out. And I think as you go into ministry, whether you're married now or when you do get married, balance each other out because the Lord can use both of you for his plan and his purpose to glorify him. You're right, it got me 
I've, I have a special one here. Uh, um, so knowing that, just by nature of your position, you probably will be treated a little differently, or at least you'll have special circumstances. If you could wear a T-shirt that said a message to everybody, if you wished everybody knew about a pastor's family, what, what is something you would tell everybody? That's a question I didn't tell No, them. they didn't tell us that one. I didn't. This is, this is on the fly. Yeah. Um, do not put me on a pedestal. Don't put me up there on a pedestal. I am not your God. That's probably what I'd put on there. Don't put me put you up, don't put me up there. I'm only a servant put in this position to be used for his glory. That is so funny she said that. That is the exact <laughs> thought that came into my mind. I, I have told so many people I do not want to be up there. I am just like you. I am a real person with real struggles, real kids. <laughs> I I'm just like you. So please don't do that to me because I just don't want people to see me that way. Um, first thought that comes to my mind is um, pastor's wife is a label. It doesn't tell you anything about me. It tells you what my husband does for a living. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it, and that comes with a bunch of different things in the back of your brain and your mind. And, and it's like, no, my name is Julie Grinder, <laughs> And I'm a, you know... Um, I love people. I love Jesus. I mean, so it's just a label, and it tells you, <laughs> doesn't say anything about you. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. Um, now, you've each spent quite a bit of time in a marriage, um, being married. I wonder if you could have something, maybe as a pastor's wife or maybe just as a wife, that you would say, what do you think husbands ought to know about wives, especially younger younger uh, married couples or people who haven't been married yet, what should they know about a wife? Or what would you tell the ladies as they're looking to get married? You know, the men and the ladies as they're looking to get married or as they're just in a young marriage, what, what's something you could say to them? I don't know about women, yep, who are, maybe they will give. <laughs> I'm saying this. <laughs> And if you have just one way, you know what the ladies should know. What the, yeah. yeah. Don't try to change him. Don't try to change him. Because <laughs> the minute you start doing that, you're going to be in big trouble. Arlen tried to change me the first years of our marriage. He did. And we had struggles. You know, a lot of struggles. Because he wanted me to be like him. And finally the Lord got hold of his heart. I am not going to be like Arlen. He's gonna. Lord's gonna make me who um, He wants me to be. So don't change your wife, or don't change your. As you get married, don't try to change him. Did you think? <laughs> I agree with that too. I and I was thinking how. Just just very similar to that. How the men and women are so different. And the, more, the longer you're married or the more you're, you know, even as you're dating, you realize that, that you're different. But when you get married, all of those differences, it's like you thought there were maybe 10 differences. Well, there are like 10 hundred. <laughs> and you have to just um, realize that, that, that it's true and give grace 
to each other that you are very different, that you think differently, and that you see your differences as good, not bad. And that you learn to, instead of fighting the differences, that you just, that you look at that and accept that we are very different and say, um, how can that be a good thing? It, in many ways, it's just, it's a very good thing to look at all almost every situation from a different viewpoint. And instead of fighting those differences, to really learn to enjoy them and benefit from the fact that you're different. So, <clears throat> Ditto. Um, I think this, this isn't really new, because if you're believers in Jesus, you know that you're supposed to not be selfish and to love others and to serve others. And you better be doing that before you get married with each other because it doesn't just start happening when you get married. Um, but you just have to... Uh, my, my greatest advice would just be to, to lay down your life every day in all kinds of ways. Um, yeah, you're going to be very different, and those are benefits. Um, but if, if you love Jesus, you, you just have to start serving each other. And those, all those other things will flesh themselves out as, as you're being made to be more like Jesus. And that's pretty much what you're committing to do is to live side by side with somebody so that those rough edges can go away. And, but, yeah. Maybe just one more thought along those lines. I was trying to think of an example. But... Um, Art, now being married to Art Turner, um, he, he is a, he always says he has ADD, and I agree, he does. <laughs> Ron was so different from that. He was not ADD at all. He was the other way, and Art's, oh my goodness, he's the other way, but um, he opens and I shut, and we laugh about that all the time. You know, he goes out the door and leaves it open. I come along and shut the door. He opens the cupboard, I close the door. He gets out a pan, I put it away. Um, and I think, you know, I'm thankful that I had a lot of years to get um, a lot of my rough edges knocked off. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's a difference. And you can fight that <laughs> and be so mad all the time. Be, Hi, I've shut that door for the last time. But um, to just to graciously shut the door and not make a big deal of it. it. It's what Julie said. It's learning just to serve and not let little things become irritants and um, make you mad at the other person all the time. I mean, there's so many more things that are much more important than all those little things. But just learn to serve in those little things and not... Let them make you angry because often it, they say that the little, what is it, the little foxes that spoil the vine. And um, there are billions of those little things, but just um, learn to be a shutter if your husband's an opener. <laughs> I am wondering if anybody has questions to ask these ladies while we've got some wise. Wise ones up there. <laughs> yeah, she passes the microphone. If anybody has a question, come. Sure. yes, Joel. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> What do you think are some common unfair expectations of past? And I know you kind of danced around this in some of your other answers, but some, some, some stereotypical unfair expectations of you as the wife 
So if you could, if you couldn't hear that, that was common unfair expectations people have generally have on pastors' wives. Right? I can remember, I, I can't remember what church it was, but they said, "Do you play piano and do you sing?" And I said, "Nope, I don't play piano and I don't sing." Um, the expectations are that's kind of a mindset. Um, and also to be involved in every ministry. I, that, that's what I see. They want you to be involved in everything. And I always, when I mentor women, I always say, pick, ask the Lord where he wants you to serve, and usually do one or two, especially if you have young children or whatever, one or two. If you get too involved in it, then you're just going to burn yourself out. But most of the bodies we go into, that's their expectations. And they ask you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do here? And, and like I said before, the, common, the things that Arl and I say is that we, we will wait on the Lord to raise up the ministry and the workers. Because like Ann said, or, or Julie, we, we are, we're not going to do it all. We're just going to train up the body to do the work of the ministry, and he'll use us where he wants us to. That would be mine exactly, that, that they do expect you to, to do lots of things and um, I remember at Manhattan having some ladies come to me and say, we want to start a women's ministry, and they wanted me to start it. And I just I said, that's, really, that's just not my gift. I really think my gift is just to teach children. That's what I love. I think that's what I'm good at doing, and that's what I want to do. So somebody else is going to have to do that. I remember a pastor's wife from Superior, Montana, that I knew, and she had a good answer for when people would come to her and say, um, I really think you should start this ministry. And she would say, you know what? If the Lord has put that on your heart, I really think he wants you to start that ministry. And she said, either they would go ahead and start it if it was something that really was on their heart, or it would fall by the wayside. But it, she didn't allow them to put it on her to do that. Um, I think there's a ton of expectations on the wife of a pastor. Um, when we first got to Cardwell, somebody said, oh, here, here, the prayer chain belongs to you now, because that's your job. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, they, they didn't ask, but that's fine. I don't mind doing the prayer chain, but I just thought that was kind of an interesting expectation I didn't think about, because... You know, typically, do you play piano? Do you sing? Do you teach children? Do you cook well? Do you are you hospitable? And, you know, it it is. But you know what? If you, um, I keep coming back to this, but if you are um, hospitable, then be hospitable. If you play the piano, then and if you want to play the piano, then offer to play the piano. The church that I'm a part of, we have. We have had piano players. We have a different piano player every Sunday. It's great. I, don't, I do play a little tiny, 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 tiny bit, but you wouldn't want me up in front doing it. And I'm thankful that I don't feel that pressure to do it. I, don't, I teach little kids Sunday school. That's a great place to be, but I don't have to do that. And um, if there were unrealistic expectations of me, um, it, didn't, it didn't come through verbally, at least. I expect you to do this and this and this. It comes as we go. You know, um, a lot of times it's people will talk to me instead of talking to William, and they will say things to me that they would never say to William. And I kind of want to go, why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me, why don't you, well, they would never say that to him, because you can't say that to him. 
And um, that to me is an expectation, that I'll just listen to whatever, whenever. Um, another, I think another expectation is how my children will be. And <clears throat> my kids, I asked my kids about this, and um, there, there's an element of they're expected to be, they're expected to know everything. They're expected to be, you, all, you guys all have things in your mind right now when I say pastor's kid, right? You all have expectations in your mind of what your pastor's children should be, correct? You're in Bible college, don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are real, but, you know, um, our kids don't know everything. Our ki- yes, they're exposed to the Bible all the time, as they should be, no matter where you are. Um, but... Um, but yes, our kids are at everything we are at because we are a family. We would be there anyway if my husband didn't do that job. We tell them that all the time. This is who we are. So expectation on your kids, it's how you live in your home that will come across to them on that one. Um, <clears throat> yes, it does come across to other kids, but we work through it. You know, at school, public school, you know, and um, they have um, like a Jeopardy time and some kind of question comes up about, you know, the Bible or anything religious. And all of a sudden, my daughter Anna is like, well, Anna should get all these right. And she's like, no, I'm not, you know, she's just expected that way. So those are some probably, as a, as a mom, those are probably highest online. We have time for probably one more question. Does anybody have something, Stephen? Uh, like the balance between serving with your husband and then your husband, like different different things that he knows about or, or situations in the congregation that are are problems. How do you balance get like you know having him tell you things at home, you know, to be helpful with you know serving him, but then also struggling with then having like if there's a person that really like takes your husband for whatever reason. Um, struggling with like, I don't know, just interacting with them at church then, or, or how much do you want him to tell you versus, you know, being involved there? So. Um, that's a that's a hard one because it doesn't matter. It affects him. It affects me. Um, we have dealt we've dealt with a lot of really difficult situations together um and if there if if he meets for instance if he meets with a man um usually if he's married i'm going to be meeting with the wife or together um as as a woman emotionally i'd say that's probably one of the most difficult things about what we do for a living um because we do it together. Um, yeah, that, that's a tough one. I, I think, I pray a lot. I just ask God to protect, to protect us and keep my emotions in check. And probably to some degree, I kind of go into guarded mode, just guarding my heart from um, being too close but I have to get close um, because, you know, as I think about situations, we've walked through some marriages with some people or some marriage problems with some people, and 
it's gut-wrenching when they walk away. They won't repent. And you sit there, and you're like, we just spent time with, you know, your, your life is poured out into those couples. And they walk away, and you're like, ah, you know. Then you have another couple, and they're working through it, and it's up and down and up and down. And yeah, it's, I, that's a tough one. Um, we just do it day by day. I, I don't know how else to. One thing Arlen and I have done in the years that we've been in ministry, you know, when they have their elders' meetings, usually Arlen doesn't tell me a lot at those elders' meetings because there's a lot of things that I do not need to know or it would stress me out. Now, does it mean I find out usually? Yes, because it depends on how confidential the other elders are, and that has happened at other churches where some elders' wives have come up to me and said, did you hear about this? And I'm going, no, I did not know that. And I like it that way. Now, there are some things I need to be involved in. When there's counseling with you know, marriages and things like that, yes, I will be involved. But a lot of that, Arlen has gracefully said, Vicki, you do not need to know. And, and I, I thank him for that. So there's that balance um, to keep that intact as you minister to people. You don't have to know everything, and you shouldn't, because it would stress you out with some of the things that go on. So, I just think it takes, to what Julie said, a lot of prayer in that. And it, I agree that it's a balance of what you tell your wife and how much you tell your wife. But I think a lot of times husbands aren't very good. I could always tell when Ron would come home from a <laughs> stress board meeting that... You just knew all didn't go well, and you need to hear some of it because you just you're in it with your husband, and you have to love them and support them and encourage them. But you also have to go and face those people that maybe said a lot of hurtful things to your husband, and so that takes a lot of prayer. And um, I've struggled certainly a lot with. It's like you know you look at that person and you think, oh, that you said that about my husband, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's, those are the hard parts of ministry. But um, I, just, I think probably every one of us would say we've gotten through those things, and it is by God's grace, and it is through just seeking him and saying, I have got to have your help and your, your peace, and um, I have got to be able to look these people in the eye and still love them and um, work with them and... Um, that's only that's what God does. He steps into those situations and enables you when you go through them. And I think that's the only way I know that we can get through those things. And asking for him for his wisdom. Well, thank you to the three of you for coming to share with us today. We'll um, go ahead and pray and be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for Julie and Anne and Vicki to come and be vulnerable and share truth with us. Um, may we be wise and listen to wise counsel. Um, I ask for um, help for all of us as day by day we need to seek you and seek wisdom from you in our different situations. In Jesus' name, amen.